absolutely thrilled today to be joined by Mike Alloy and Mark Bird. They are both sales VPs of Ascent Cloud. And you may be wondering a little bit about, well, who are Ascent Cloud and what they do? Well, considering that one of my guests came from Level 11 and the other from GeoPoint and are now together as part of Ascent Cloud, what I thought I would do is I'd ask them to explain it to you. Mike, why don't we start with you first? Well, uh, as you asked us earlier, um, you know, you, you asked about Level 11 and GeoPoint. Both uh, were, were companies that were, were started uh, individually, owned now uh, collectively under the same management. Um, and we retain both uh, Level 11 and GeoPoint naming as our, as our product names, right? So Ascent Cloud is the overarching business um, that uh, Level 11 and GeoPoint roll up under and, and provides industry leading solutions for sales and customer facing teams for uh, you know, performance management solutions, geolocation solutions, um, and, uh, and everything in between. So we can tell, certainly talk more in detail, but Mark, mm -hmm. do you want to talk a little bit more about, about what we provide or is there any more detail that you're looking for, Paul? Well, I'm curious to know, before we get into the topic of today around coaching is, maybe you could share with our viewers and listeners a little bit around the typical challenges that the two companies address and if sure. we start yeah. maybe, maybe level, jump level in 11, yeah yeah level 11 was uh was really founded from a performance management uh solution to provide um you know coaching uh solutions and insights to uh to the leaders and, and individual reps as well as um you know motivation and engaging solutions that that go along hand in hand with the the, the coaching component of, of level 11. Um, we've integrated that with GeoPoint now that we're both under one, uh, one company here, if you will. Um, we've got integration points between our level 11 performance management suite of applications and our GeoPoint uh, solution where we can provide geographical um, and, and mapping sort of uh, visualization of, of data um, that, that go hand in hand with your performance management and CRM on the Salesforce platform. Okay. Um I'm curious from a coaching perspective what it, where it fits in, I guess, because if we consider coaching as a conversation between two people in its most basic format, what does Level 11 or Send Cloud add to the party? Yeah, so Level 11, you know, integrated with your CRM provides, provides the solution that, that is really a coaching template um, that allows us to not only pre-schedule coaching, but identify the types of coaching that's going to include uh, the performance scorecard and the, the key performance indicators that are within that scorecard and the, the metrics as a snapshot in the coaching solution, but allows us to track, um, you know, tasks and whatnot as part of your overall coaching session that you have. Um, onboarding is another key component of our coaching solution. Again, fully integrated with, with the CRM. Um, and that uh, that all ties together with uh, you know on the on the Salesforce platform. Interesting. I, I, then te let's let's talk about coaching then because I've watched you guys uh, present at the AAISP and some other interviews. And I, my my first question, I guess, for you is is it is it deal coaching or is it performance coaching or both? Uh, well, I, I would jump in and say both, Ab absolutely both, right? So the beauty of, 
of uh, this being fully integrated with the CRM is that you can, you can tie links within the coaching solution for a deal coaching, right? And deal strategy and um, so on and so forth, right? But you can also structure the coaching template um, various ways that's, that's really performance-based as well, more, you know, overarching, right? Um, and a big part of what we deploy from a solution standpoint is our, is our consulting services because on, on top of the solution, right? So our solution sits on top of Salesforce, but it, it really, it drives an overall program that we, that we drive within the organizations that adopt our, our program, right? Which is solution and our approach to coaching. Um, as you know, many organizations, you know, feel as if their, their managers feel as if they're providing coaching, their, their, their reps feel as if the coaching that they get is probably not as valuable as it, as it needs to be, or, or maybe it's not provided as much as the managers say that it is. But I saw a yeah. statistic that says most companies would, would suggest that, you know, I, I would say less than 5% of companies would suggest they don't have a structured coaching program. So yeah. we drive that structured program, that discipline, um, and then our solution helps uh, manage that and, and document it and, and then also improves the, the overall discipline and, and effectiveness. Okay. Well, well, uh, then let's start, maybe Mark, I'll go to you on this one because it was something I saw that, it, if you could be shocked and surprised in the same moment, <laughs> that's what it did. Uh, and then at some level, not surprised. Um, 83% of managers say they're great coaches. <laughs> Self-identify, no doubt. 87% of reps say that the coaching they get is worthless or not happening. And that 3% of companies say that they have a coaching strategy. Um, why, why the disconnect, first of all? Let's start with that in terms of people's belief that they're doing a great job versus the reality, or perception at least, which is, as we know, reality, uh, that it's worthless or not happening at all. Let, let's start with that one. Sure. The, the, the first thing that I was coached was that pipeline review does not equal coaching. So, so that, you know, I guess that took a good half of my 97% out. Like, well, maybe I wasn't exactly coaching. So, you know, that, that was that, that first acknowledgement. And and then as I did, I mean, this is, a, this is a real challenge. We've seen these stats for a while now, and you're trying to figure out where that gap is. And, and if I'm providing coaching, and, and you alluded to this too, am I providing, you know, am I providing deal coaching? Am I providing um, prospecting coaching? Am I providing career coaching? Am I providing personal counseling? Um, am I providing training? Are we reviewing processes? Uh, there's, there's a lot of different things that could constitute coaching um, and even, as you and, and Tom, Tom Castley discussed, or mentoring, right? How am I really influencing the behavior? How am I helping my, my, my B rep become an A rep? The, the task is monumental, I think, is probably where I would go to. And, and then again, I guess the other topic I would like to, to, to bring to that is um, another part of what, what I think we do for a good job with our module is, is, is it can be rep-based initiated, rep-initiated coaching. So they bring their own topics, they bring their own challenges, they bring their own you know, this is what's on my mind this week, you know, so we, we can get to the, get to the meat of it fairly quickly. And, and so I think both of those things help move us together, but I'm, I'll take your feedback because you've, you know, you, you've been around. What do you, what do you think the gap is? Why? Well, um, I, I think that, so, so, so there's a few things ask. And again, I'm going to gender this. Uh, if you ask any man, uh, 
if to rate themselves as a driver, for example, they'll yeah. all, all rate themselves above average. It's not possible, right? So there's a, probably an element of that in them. There's an element, I, I think there's a strong element of what you just said about deal coaching. We think that our pipeline coaching, micromanaging that process, we sometimes think that's coaching. I think that could be, as you said, a large part of it as well. I also think there is a fear on behalf of reps, particularly if their assigned coach is their manager. Well, if, you're, if your coach is also your prison guard, and by the way, <laughs> well said. I'm very aware of, of how that comes across. But, uh, you know, in the mind of somebody who's maybe not quite there in terms of their, their, their targets and who's forecast a few deals, really kind of under pressure and there's no substance to them and now you have to be coached on those deals. There may be a reluctance to open up and be vulnerable. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a whole host of things that I don't think we've really got our arms around this. And I, so I think there's th those challenges need to be solved first. It's, but on the on the other side, the, the evidence is clear. I worked with a company a few years ago, and they were embarking on this massive coaching program. They were literally investing investing millions of dollars in this thing, and uh, as part of it, they went out to an organization to gather data and build a case for coaching. So what they looked at was, and of course, they had a lot of historic data. This was a big technology company. And they interviewed reps and, you know, the long and the short of it was there was a clear correlation between reps who did better and those who said they had great coaches, mm. right? So, so the evidence was there, the coach, and it was like a 20% uplift. So people who said they had, their managers were good coaches, and you put that into one bundle, they were performing 20% higher than those who said their managers weren't coaching. And that was, you know, the, 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 the number, the size, the sample size was large enough for that to kind of, the margin of error was tiny on it. So I, I, the case is there, but there's so many personal human factors that get in the way. Vulnerability on the side of one. I think competence is on the side of a, a, the managers as well, both in terms of, um, okay, if the rep turns to me and asks me, what should I do? Uh, now, now the monkey's on my back. So I don't know. I, as I said, I'd like to explore these things because I, I don't have the answers, that's for sure. I have ideas, but they're as worthless as, as, as anybody else's. I would suggest the biggest gap between the, the, the metrics that you mentioned earlier, and that is, you know, the, the, the 80 something percent of the managers who feel as if they're providing coaching versus the 80 something percent of the, the reps who feel as if they're not receiving coaching or if they do, it's, it's not as valuable. Um, I would suggest that, you know, you add in the other element of companies that identify they have a structured uh, and, and, and a structured coaching program is less than 5%. I think that's where your gap is. I think those managers that feel as if they're providing the coaching are probably doing it in a less structured approach. Um, and the reps feel that, right? And they feel that as if it's, it's not as effective as it can be. When we drive a structured pro coaching program, we, we, we do so in, in various ways, not only from a discipline and a cadence, 
um, but through metrics, right? So we, we have a performance scorecard that has key metrics, both activities, results, um, and we, we integrate that with the coaching uh, program itself, right? So it's structured around, um, you know, the type of coaching that's being received around the activities or the metrics um, that make up the success of, of the, the individuals, right? And it's not a one size fits all because every individual is going to be a little bit different. Mm. If you well, provide the same level of coaching, across, you know, as a broad brush across every rep, you're, you're yeah. missing the mark, right? You may, you may have some level of effectiveness, but it's going to be, it's going to be much smaller. Yeah. And you really got to know your audience. Yeah. Well, my only concern, Mike, as, as I'm listening to you is that structured micromanagement is still micromanagement. And that if my, my concept of coaching is to sit with a rep and go, uh, is this deal a commit? When's it going to happen? How much is it? Yeah. If that's their concept of coaching, you can put structure around that, but it's still not getting you anywhere. So I think structure is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. But it has to be structuring the right thing. It's like, it's like practice. If I'm practicing the guitar the wrong way, I'm still going to play it poorly. Right. Right. No, and, and I, I would agree with that. Mark and I have used this term collaborative strategy sessions, right, as opposed to coaching. It's, it's not so much going into a deal strategy and saying, is it a commit or is it a best case and trying to drive that home? But, but having that strategy session in, in more of a collaborative fashion, right, the, the structure is really cadence. Um, and, and, and preparation uh, in, into each session, right? If you don't have that, you're, you're going to, you're, you're going to miss the mark and you're probably wasting some cycles because you're going into coaching se se sessions, mm. if you will, unprepared and it's going to be less effective coming out. Mm. Yep. I'd be curious to know, Mark, your, your thoughts on this. How can I trust somebody? So if my manager is my coach, which is what happens in a lot of organizations, to have my best interest at heart when they've also got their own agenda. Hmm. Yeah, that I don't know if I could coach you on that. I mean, it's uh, that, that's the reality of the of the game. I would say, um, you know, those trust hmm. trust is a different topic here. Probably a good podcast topic. You know, in terms yeah. of how do you that? How do you you know? I guess. In a lot of cases in those relationships, I think trust comes through alignment. You know, we're, we're, we're swimming in the same direction to the same place. Um, so, mm. but yeah, if, if you, if you are distrustful of your manager, that is a whole different problem than, you know, the kind of the type of coaching that, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to provide. And, and, and maybe I'll tie this back to what Mike was saying in terms of, you know, a, a rep that I've been with for five years is different than a rep that I've been with for, for, mm. for five weeks or for five mm. months. And, yeah. and what they need for me. And uh, I mean, I'm a sales guy. Everything comes back to a sale, but I always want to establish trust. Isn't that the first thing we're trying to do is to be credible and be problem solvers for them. And um, candidly, I mm. approach my team in the same way. But I guess if your manager doesn't approach it in that way, uh, yeah, and I know reps are naturally skeptical. I don't. I don't know how to how to handle that one. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's down to company culture as well. I do remember I was giving a class a few years ago, and this guy came to me in a bit of a fluster that he'd gotten a call from his manager, uh, telling him that he needed to pull a deal in from the following quarter back into this quarter. And uh, I said, how are you going to do that? And he said, well, I'm just going to have to offer a big discount to get it back in. And I said, why, are, why is this happening? And what had ha transpired was that one of his colleagues had a deal fall through. 
Now, that didn't impact him, the guy I'm talking to personally, but it did impact the manager. And so the manager turned to another rep, the guy in my class, saying, okay, I need you to fill this hole for me. Yeah. And, and to my mind, that's, that's like stealing somebody's commission from them. And they, they have that power. And so in situations like that, now that was very much part of the company culture. And so therefore I wonder, is there certain company cultures that just makes coaching really difficult for it to happen at all? And I'd be curious to know your experience on that. When you go into companies, do you see some companies that just go, look, it's just not going to work here. It's not right. And, and I guess the, the flip side of that is when you go in and see a company and you're able to see evidence of A, B, and C, you go, this is going to work here. Absolutely. And what would those A, B, and, C, and Cs be that you see? Yeah, I would start with, um, you know, sometimes we can see it right away and some, sometimes it takes time to, to, to see it as we get to know, uh, you know, our, our, our customers and our prospects. But, um, you know, going back to your culture comment, I, I absolutely think that culture can, can drive, uh, uh, you know, those, I, I'll call them negative situations that you, that you described, right? And, um, and it becomes very difficult to then earn trust if those managers are then driving that, that, that negative culture down into the reps, right? And it's, it's not a recipe for success. Um, you know, but at the same time, I also believe that managers can fight through that level of culture and recognize that their, their coaching and their, uh, their approach on a rep-to-rep -rep basis is, uh, is, isn't so much about the, the, the negative culture. I think that really comes down to the manager, if anything, fighting through those type of situations. And okay. Not, not driving that down to the individual contributors or the reps, if you will. Yeah. So what about the criteria then that when you see it, you, that you know that has to be in place for a successful coaching intervention to happen? I think it starts with, with uh, top-down management's uh, adoption and, and you know, they, they're believers in that they need this to happen. They need a coaching discipline. They, they, they trust in what, what we're bringing to the table to work with them and drive that in. Um, and if, if the, the, the top-level managers are bought into it, they're investing in the time and the effort of their people to drive it, right? Because we can come in, we can consult, we can uh, deploy our solutions and, and, and do very well in that, that aspect. But if they're not driving it top down from a culture standpoint and investing the people for, to adopt a program, it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. probably fall through the cracks. It's not gonna be effective either. Well, speaking of top down then, is there a correlation between you go into a company and you say to the CEO, well, who's your coach? Or you look at the, the, around the boardroom and you say, where's your coaches? Is there any correlation between there? If there's an absence of coaching at the top table, then it, even though there's an initiative, it's like, look, this is not my problem. It's their problem. They need to solve it. Um, and I'm just wondering, is there something there? Because I often wonder in, that companies who buy into the idea of coaching is, does it last if the senior team also don't have coaches? Yeah, that's tough. Um, I mean, 
you you led off with a, a 20% uplift across my team without adding without adding headcount. I mean, everybody's listening, right? We we know there's value in coaching and and you're pointing to a scenario where there's not trust in the organization. We don't think coaching is happening. You know, somebody to Mike's point has to make a decision that they want something to be different. You know, is is there enough pain, you know, where no decision is 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 not an option, you know, for Tom Castley and and where do we go from here? And and so you know, the, a solution like we provide does give you some structure. It does, you know, I can confirm that managers are having coaching sessions. I can, I can see what types of questions are being, you know, again, as I started coaching, I was writing notes on paper. I was starting a Google document. Mm. Those were all lost, you know, leading to, leading to Groundhog Day and similar conversations and lack of accountability and, and lack of, you know, kind of, how can I show the organization this is working? So, you know, if there's a belief that this works, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, and if, and if you know, managers will adopt this, it's, mm. you know, if, if you want to look at yourself as a manager, as a coach that wants to improve your talent um, and make your people better, you, you have to have a coaching mentality. And, and so how do I, how do I infect that? I, I, I don't know what to say. You know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, this is what we sell. This is what we bring to the game. Yeah. yeah. I, I going to add to that too just a little bit going going down to the individual reps and, and even talking about you know our organization mark and i spend time coaching our reps but our reps also know that we're being coached as well right and that's important because from an adoption standpoint and, and driving that culture that it doesn't the coaching isn't just happening at the individual contributor level it's happening at the management level and even the, the, the senior management level i think that's important from a, a culture standpoint because then you get adoption across the entire organization. Mm. So what I'm hearing is culture is important, mindset is important. I'm curious also that when you look at it at a rep and manager level, is it something that is, is there a perception in organizations you talk to that coaching is an intervention for people who may be on some sort of PIP, some performance improvement plan? Uh, and therefore it's remedial in nature or is it seen as something that's a reward and that it's going to take you from a level eight to a level nine rep and as I'm, my guess is you probably see both sure. and i'm curious to know is there one that's more prevalent than the other yeah I mean, Mark, you bring yeah. all that you bring a lot of expectations into these conversations and it's uh it, it's hard yeah i mean for, for those of us that have drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak, you know, those of us that have, you know, Ben Sandler trained, we're, we're curious and we know we need to improve. We know we need to ask questions. We know we need to get better every day. And and people that are, have a fixed mindset that I already know what I need to know, my team need, already knows what they need to know. I mean, that they're not a good candidate for what we do, you know, candidly. Uh -huh. And and I know there's cultures like that that are quite successful. So, you know, more power to them. We think we have uh -huh. a better way and we think the data bears it out. Um, I'm going to pose a different question back to you um, around, you know, so we're talking about senior managers that don't have coaching, but what about, what about a brand new manager who, who I was your peer yesterday and now I'm your manager today. How am I to, to build trust with you? How, how are, how are, how are we going to get to, to work together to make you more successful when maybe you even thought you should have my job, you know, as of, as of two weeks ago. And, you know, so, you know, versus how I, you know, again, how you sit, you know, as a, as a more senior manager, I think these are all real problems that come into play. It is. Yeah. And you know, do you know who I saw in that situation? We were speaking about him earlier, Tom, 
and he was in that exact same situation. He became the manager with many of the team members he had been at a peer level with prior to that, and he did a fantastic job, but it, it wasn't easy. There's no two ways about it. Uh, it's because, as you said, somebody else in the team couldn't feel like they should have gotten it, therefore, subconsciously, they're hoping their colleague is going to fail in the job because it, at some psychological level, it makes them feel better about the fact that they didn't get it. it it's, it's almost like it's a, see, you know, you should have gone with me. And so, therefore, they may be, they'll always on the surface, they'll play the game, right? I'm here to support you, buddy, right? Mm -hmm. But underneath it, they may be working uh, counter to their interests. So you could be a great coach, but when you have that going on, I'm not suggesting that happened there, but but I can I have seen it happen. And um, so that can be a real problem. I do think that it's better all around. If you're a new coach and you're learning those skills of management for the first time, you're better off with a different team. You really are. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, if they're, if they're your buddies, they're your friends, and now you're their coach, manager, supervisor. That's a lot, a lot to lay on top of somebody trying to get to grips with yeah. a new skill set and grow within that. I think it's a mistake. I see it happening, uh, but it takes a, a huge strength of character to be able to push through that, I believe, which has got nothing really to do with the coaching side of things. It's to do with character. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and even just the overall approach, right? And and character can drive the approach in, in those situations, right? So, you know, there's, you know, there's situations, and this can go with, you know, the, the scenario that you just described here, Mark, where you know you've got a, you know, I'm, I'm a peer today, but now I'm a, a, a manager of of my my former peers, and I've got to provide that level of coaching. It's almost similar to where we were talking earlier about. Um, you know, you're identifying the right people to coach, right? Well, you, you really need to coach everybody on your team, but if you identify your A players, B players, the, the most time you should be spending is your, with your B players. But with, when you're with your A players, it doesn't mean they don't need coaching. But my, they, the approach is probably a little bit different. It's more along the lines of that collaborative strategy session, right? It's not, you're not going into a situation where it's, it's uh, you know, you're, you're, you're basically saying you need to do this to, to, to improve the, 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 the advancement of this deal. Maybe it's ask, it's posing it in a question, right? So maybe it's uh, something along the lines of, you know, um, you need to get more decision makers at the table for this deal. Maybe it's asking the question, what do you think about trying to prospect other uh, decision makers, other members of the power base, and how can I help you? Maybe we can go in this together, right? So it's almost like you're shoulder to shoulder with the individuals, the A players, or even your former peers that can help you from a character standpoint and help you fight through that scenario that we just described where it's mm. maybe there's some animosity, if, if you will. Yeah, I, I, I wonder also is the, the part ego on behalf of the manager plays in, in undermining coaching. And what I mean by that is that I can imagine some people who, who, have an attachment to their self-perception, their sense of self as a rescuer. So that there's an ego stroke in this, that the rep comes to them, hey boss, I'm struggling with this, need some help. 
and then the managers go, here's how I did it. Yeah. And, and the, the, there, is a, there is an ego playing that. There's no question about it. And it's hard then to step back from that and say, well, what ideas do you have? Versus, okay, here's what you need to do, right? And, and, and I'm wondering how much that also can undermine the goal of effective coaching. Well, I think, you know, I think that the idea that your organization decides coaching is important, um, you know, starts to, you know, I'm not just chasing the deal. I'm also growing my people. And now, now those things are both in my mind as, as that, that opportunity comes in, you know, the, I'll fast forward the, the being the rescuer doesn't scale. So you, you the sooner you get through that, the better. Um, and then you start growing your people. And that's, that's what we're trying to get to. And, and again, my, I guess my last comment where I wanted to go with new managers is any tool that, you know, solicits feedback ahead of time and actually puts raw data in front of the folks that are being coached makes my conversation a little easier because we're Ooh. already kind of talking about the important things to both of us and we're, and we're we have a shared set of facts i guess i'll call it that we're that we're working off of so it, it becomes less of me telling you how i think you're doing and more about us reviewing things together so i i, I think if you're in a spot where you're trying to take over for somebody you don't you don't want to have to explain things to them as well. You want to work off some shared data. Yeah, understand. You guys are in the business of putting structure and measurements around the coaching process. If that's my simplified understanding of, of what you do, right? Is, is that then saying that informal, unstructured coaching is ineffective or is it just that you're saying, no, it's effective. It's just not scalable. Isn't there? It, there's, you can't really manage it beyond one or two individuals. Yeah, and you really can't do it when you're remote. By yeah. the way, I was um, going to say it's even more difficult today, right? You know, you don't you don't get the drive-bys in the office anymore, or even traveling with with your reps. And it's it's you know, you know, there's there's unstructured coaching, and yes, it it's it's always going to happen. And I think it's it's also it's it's an important component of what we what we are as an operations, but if you don't institute a, a structured program and have discipline around it, you're, you're missing the mark and opportunity to really drive performance improvement. Yeah, uh, I, I asked the question as devil's advocate, but actually my own view on it is, I have tried coaching a few times where I was asked to do it and I gave up doing it because as an individual, I'm really low on structure personally. Yeah. I, uh, I generally, you know, I don't write things down. I, I, I've, I've learned that it's better if I do, but it's not in my nature to do that and to apply structure to different things. And I, what I would find is that I would have a coaching conversation, usually as an external, not, not internally within my own business, but with, for a client company. And then we might have another conversation a month later and I would have, no, I wouldn't be good at keeping notes, uh, what I used to do was push it back on them and say, okay, based on our conversation today, I want you to send me your takeaways and your notes. But if they didn't do that or didn't follow up on that following session, I would have no clue where, where we left off, what we were discussing, where we needed to go or anything like that. And I'm still that to this day. Like if I do a training, there's a company I do a training class once a month with. But I record the class for the very simple reason is that when I'm preparing for the next one is I listen back to what we covered on the last one. So yeah. I, I'm actually a huge believer in the idea of putting structure and putting notes and having a place to go that manages that process. So um, 
it's great to see you guys did, do, doing that. It's uh, yeah, it's needed. Yeah. You know, it's it, it is needed. It's it's important. It's kind of like uh, you know, it's it's like it's like exercise, right? We all know it's it's important. It's healthy. It's good for us. And you got to get up <laughs> and go to the gym before you get to work, or make sure you're, you're you're packed for the gym so you can head there on the way home from work, right? But it's a discipline. We all know it's good for you. It's healthy. Mm. It's a discipline, and and you got to have drive to make sure that it happens. Right. Yeah. I think, I think it was, uh, what was it? The, the Sandler, uh, seven step, uh, of the methodology, right. One of the steps was, you know, how do you, you know, you identify, you assess, and then you identify and, and, and develop new behaviors. Uh, but how do you execute, execute those, those new behaviors? And I think there was, you know, it, it, it was like a habit forming step, right. It was like th- step three or step four, where, um, you're repeating it, every day, that new behavior that you learn that you want to develop, that organization structural uh, behavior that you want to learn, Paul, you're, you're repeating it every day for, what was it, 21 days or 20 days or yeah. it was something, but, but you, you, you repeat that back to yourself every day. You report back as to how it's affecting you, how it's improving um, throughout that whole time until it becomes a, a habit forming, if you will, and then it's second nature. Yeah, and that's the difficult bit. By the way, if you want some coaching around your organization, your structure, Mark can help you with that. I, that's, I tell you, ever the salesman, eh? <laughs> I'll throw another comment on coaching. I mean, we all have this expectation, just like you said, like we're all good drivers. Like yeah. my, my expectation that, you know, my rep's going to walk in here and 30 minutes later, they are going to be like, my problems are solved. My career path is clear. You know, I'm, I feel, I feel good about my marriage and I'm, I'm on my way to hitting quota here. I mean, what, what's, what's really possible in 30 minutes and, and, you know, kind of what, you know, my first trip to the gym, Mike, you know, maybe we've got to start with a couple of push-ups before we, you throw me on the big weight bench. So yeah, I, I just think there's an expectation, a, a patience that you'll have to have with yourself and your team and, and everybody involved to, to if, you, yeah. if this is important to you. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's an expectation. There's a silver bullet mentality. Yeah. And that if I just go into this, coaching session the clouds will lift and everything will be clear and everything will be fine and what we forget and to go back to your point Mike is that there's a behavioral change required on the back end and that takes a huge amount of effort I mean we see it in the training side of things where we'd have ongoing training 90 minutes two hours every week with teams we used to do this where we take in reps and put them through the process and what would happen is you get to eight week a week eight week nine to a point where the reps now realize that they weren't just showing up for fun this wasn't about knowing what a technique was but this was about changing my own habits and my own behaviors and then what would happen is nine out of ten of them would go back to their bosses and they'd say love the training paul's a great guy but you know what our world is a little bit different. We need something different for us. And then the managers would buy that bullshit and come back and say, you know, the reps feel like maybe they need something different now, a little bit of a change. Change to all that now. Managers must play or we don't do it. Managers have to be involved the whole way along because if they're not, they don't know when reps bring them that excuse. Uh, is it an excuse or is it real? And so the manager participates that they see, no, 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 no. This is what we have to do as a business. We need to figure out and we need to be held accountable to this. We need to have the discipline to make those changes in behavior. Otherwise, 
it's all a waste of time. And uh, I, I, th I think that's where coaching comes in, in my own view, is, is, mm -hmm. is, is part, it's part accountability. But I think maybe, and I'm curious to know your experience, is that maybe we don't do enough of a job up front to say, look, guys, there's pain involved in this. Yeah. All the way. Opening up, being vulnerable is not comfortable. But you think that's bad. Wait until you get on the back end, and now we're going to be held accountable for making the changes that you identify that you need to make. Yeah, and that's when a lot of people a, disappear. Yeah, it's definitely not a sprint. It's, it's, it's a marathon. And, and it's ongoing, right? It's continuous improvement. If you don't embrace continuous improvement, regardless of what level you're at, how much experience you have, um, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to get stuck, right. And what was good for you yesterday is not going to be good for you t tomorrow. But, you know, from a coaching perspective too, I I've always had more success of, um, you know, again, being more collaborative with, with the team members and recognizing and setting that expectation to, to your, your earlier point, Mark's earlier point, you know, I don't, I don't have the silver bullet that's going to make you a superstar from, you know, to, to the next level. Um, and, and by the way, I'm also thinking that I'm going to learn as much from you and your experiences in these sessions that, that, you, that you, hopefully that you're going to learn from me, but together we'll continue to grow. Um, and then making sure that we're, we're focused in the right areas for coaching on an individual basis is extremely important. Yeah. Do you know what I'd love to see? You're going to think I'm mad when I say this. Uh, and and I, I'll be straight up, I don't know your tool, right? Um, um, if there was a flag in it that if I were the coach and now I've got a coachee, that is a little flag that I can, like three little check boxes. One says prisoner, one says pip, one says star. Because that plays to my experience that there's three types of individuals who get coaching. There is the natural learner, the ones who want to push themselves. They're always going to be great. They come into you as an A player already. You're not trying to coach a C into a B or a B into an A. They're, they're A's and they want to be super A's. And they're open. And, and they submit to the process. Then you have people who are there because they've been put there. They're, like, they're on a pip maybe. And they're, they're prisoners. So I'm, I'm here because there was a gun to my head. And then there's a third category. There may be more, by the way. These are just ones that spring to my mind. Sure. And maybe, I, maybe I'm being over cynical on this. Mm -hmm. Is there's a third category of people who, who engage with coaching when they know they have a big deal and they've had a couple of red flags around it and they, they, they want to build some support. and resi you know, they, they don't want to be alone when this ship goes down. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, they start to engage with coaching earlier, early in the process. And again, I, I have no scientific basis for that whatsoever, by the way. That's why I'd be curious to know, as, as, as a coaching community, if we were to identify people's starting point, to know how long they engaged with it, how, you know, what their experience was, etc. It's, it's, it's just a personal, I'd love to see it. I'm sure it's not possible, but uh, it would be interesting. We can certainly score your card, your, your cards, if you'd like, if you're kind of trying to trying to do that. But I, I'm going to come to it from a different place in terms of, uh, you know, kind of wh where does that coaching come from? And, and you're pointing to people that may, may or may not want coaching. There's just a few that kind of are looking forward to it. And, and so let, let me go a different perspective. I've got, you know, 10 people on my team. Um, 
the worst, the worst kind of, co we skip coaching. We, there's no coaching, you know, then we go from there to, you know, kind of a quick, uh, you know, how are the kids? How's that deal? You know, kind of high five and I'm, you know, a couple of questions and they're out of there, you know, kind of lack of substance happens there. And then we go into the, you know, kind of something more data driven, more, more contextual around kind of performance. And we start to have that conversation. And then Mike gets into that more collaborative type conversation. And, and you're, you're, you're trying to get everybody into this collaborative space, but, you know, at least with a structured process, I'm at least here, you know, where we're going to, we're going to both show up. Um, and, and I'll give you another version of this. When I, when, when I used to travel, my team used to travel, you know, a weekly one-on-one, -on -one, we were lucky if we were meeting twice, a, twice a month, mm. you know, versus, versus now when it turns out our, our schedules are pretty, you know, we're able to meet almost every week. And, and, and this, this back and forth where we can do some of this in email, you know, kind of just level setting really does, there's a, re a regularness and a, a mm -mm. repetition to it that does build over time, you know, to Mike's mm. point. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, th that's part of the game. You know, I think you would, I think in the last thing, one of the things I saw you say, you know, we, we spend way too much time on our low performers, right? We got to, we got to spend more time on our, on our mid and top performers. And, and, and mm. so, and, and I think coaching to your point, maybe drives us into the, these are the folks that need help. These are the red flags. These are the ones I'm engaged with versus something that's a little bit more structural there. Everybody gets it. We're all getting a version of it. And we're really, we're really trying something here. So yeah. that's so what I, I, I would so even, go I, ahead. I would, sorry. I would suggest even building the team that, you know, that, that, you know, around coachability, right. When we hire new reps will identify their, you know, where they're at on the coachability scale, right? It, you know, whether you're in an, an, an interview process and I'm providing you a, a, a mock presentation that you're going to provide back to me or may, maybe myself and Mark and a few other uh, execs as part of the team. And then we're going to, we're going to provide you coaching on the presentation, ask you to come back and do it again. Did you receive that coaching and, and implement the coaching into your next version, right? Um, I think is a key indicator, but it, and it's, it's, it's important to build the team. I believe that everybody needs to be coachable, right? If, if you're not coachable, then you're, 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 you're really not willing to work together as a team along with your manager. Mm -hmm. and I think that there's going to be a challenge. And then going back to the A, B and C players, I'm a big believer. If you're a C player, you're on the, on the, 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 the scale of, of, uh, you know, skill and will, you're low. You don't have, you don't, you, you don't have the willingness or desire. You don't have the skills. You're probably in the wrong role. And as a manager, I've got to look to reassign or prune. Right. Mm. Um, and then the A players on the other side, they've got high skill, high will, they need coaching, but it's a different level. It's more of that collaborative, uh, you know, uh, strategy sessions and making sure that we're there together. Um, those B players, they either have high skills, and, and low, low desire, if you will, or, or low uh, skill and high mm -hmm. desire, right? And then you coach around that. If they have low desire, you got to learn what makes them tick as individuals and motivate them because they've got the skills to be an A player, but they don't have that drive. How do you, how do you, how do you really get that drive in that individual so they leverage the skills and then vice versa, right? So maybe they're they're, they've got high drive, but they're low experience, no skills. They're probably the greener, less experienced resources that they need to be trained on sales strategy. They have to have experiences. We develop a co-pilot system where we put those individuals with our A players, put them in the cockpit while the A players are flying the planes and they're learning from those A players as well as the managers, right? Through other coaching sessions. 
Um, and then the A players are there in the cockpit when the, those those B players take over the reins and, and fly the plane as well, right? So okay. there, there's different programs that, that you can leverage, but really spending mm. the time with those B players to make them A players, that's mm. where you're going to get the most bang for okay. your buck. So that throws up an interesting question then in terms of the type of person, the type of coach that you need. For example, there you can have somebody who is performing subpar because they don't have the skill they don't have the experience and therefore they need to be coached and and you're exploring their blind spots and pointing them to solutions and so on and you're you're supporting that technical growth in terms of expertise and skill and then you'll have people who have that and have demonstrated but for whatever reason in their life, they've lost their mojo. Maybe they've lost a sense of purpose, drive, direction. They might be going through a breakup in a relationship. They may have a kid who's sick. And so therefore it's an external factor. And I'm wondering is if the type of coach needs to be different for, for let's say performance, life coaching, if you like, versus might be a more tech, for example, if I'm to coach somebody on a sales methodology, then I need to be really conversant with that sales methodology. I need to be able to put people into role plays and I need to be able to swap roles in the role plays and play both sides. But that's a very different thing from somebody who's just needs to be listened to, uh, understood, have a shoulder to cry on, for example. And I'm wondering is if what you see in that sense can they be the same person? Should they be different? I, I would, I, I know Mark's got some comments there, but I would say it absolutely can be the same person, but it's often different people, right? And, and I think the coaches themselves have to be humble enough to, to identify a need, whether it's more of a life skill or more of a technical skill that, that the, the rep needs. Um, and recognize that, you know what, I know this individual needs this skill. I'm not the best person, but I'm, I know who to pair them up with, right? And ask others to get involved with coaching. I think surrounding reps with multiple coaches is, is very important because not every coach is going to have all the skill sets to, to, uh, to, to, to drive new behaviors and, and improve behaviors with each rep. Mm -hmm. Then... <laughs> I, I'm also curious to know, why is it just sales we're talking about? You never hear this in marketing circles, engineers. Hmm. Why is it sales? What's so special about sales? Yeah, well, I don't know if marketing, and marketing gets much training. I don't know if engineering gets much training. So I think maybe it's an extension of some of the work you're doing, Paul, where we, we know we want our skills to increase. I'm going to switch myself. It, it, not all of us selected sales as a career path when we were four, when our friends were selecting that they want to be firefighters, right? You know, mm. and it's, a, it's a career that we find ourselves in that we may not have been properly trained for or that the resources didn't exist for. So, so, so kind of here we are, you know, it's an industry that's changing. Um, I mean, to, to your credit, I mean, maybe we've just realized, or maybe we're just trying to, you know, we're, we're at the front end as sellers that we, we, we need every advantage we can get. And, um, you know, the latest, greatest training, you know, and, and, and good coaching for your team, um, gets them better and helps them through some of these challenges too, that we experience as sellers. Yeah. I, I think I've answered my own question. I think I've figured it out. Right. So here's what it is. You get good training. If you come to our organization, then we're going to coach you. And if all that fails, go to marketing. 
<laughs> there you go. I don't know. Marketing. Yeah, see, that's that's why they don't get the coaching. They've already had it and they failed. Now they're in marketing, right? Well, I I, I don't know if I would suggest that. We've got a, a director of marketing that's a fantastic oh. coach, and she drives fantastic behaviors throughout our whole organization. Not I, not just her marketing. I'm, team. I'm only kidding. I absolutely I have massive I, respect I, for I, marketing. We just like to josh each other, so. I know. <laughs> Oh Lord, um, I just guys, I know we're running on time and I had a couple of other quick questions. One was around the use of, so you're, am I, I, I don't like calling it a tool because I'm sure it's a lot more than that. It's a process, it's a framework, it's a method, right? But, but I'm sticking with simple tool. Um, but there are other tools out there like say Gong uh, as a tool that's often used for coaching and I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on that and how it might dovetail into your own solutions. Yeah, we support all coaching, right? You're, you're, to your point, none of us get enough coaching. And so I, I think Gong is really strong in the area of very specific call coaching and, you know, to the kind of, you know, what, what did you see in this call? I want to go through this and I want to talk about this. You can score the calls. You, you know, you, there's a lot of insight in terms of, you know, shit, how much did you talk? How much did I talk transitions that that data is invaluable. So you should, you should buy that too. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you're, you kind of gave us this, this, this hierarchy of, you know, do I even know what I'm doing? Can I, am I tactically strong? Am I strategically strong? You know, am I an active member of the community inside this company? There's, there's a lot more that, that needs to happen between, um, it, it slides more into deal coaching. Mm. On that side. Mm. Yeah, I would have thought it would help as well to give you some initial insights that as the coach, I'm going to get some data before I even have that conversation with the rep. Yeah. And that data allows me to, get a sense of their self-awareness because I think that's a hugely a, a, a most a much underrated skill set when it comes to being coachable and being trainable is a sense of where we exist and where how we come off and 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 how we're approaching I think gong and tools like that can do it because I remember a, a few years ago I was with the the it was a head of this technology company and um he, he was telling me about this guy who had come out to call on him, sales guy. And he said, the guy wouldn't shut up. It was awful. He drove me crazy. I couldn't wait to see the back of him. And he mentioned the guy's name. And I'm inside my head. I know him. <laughs> I only met him last week. Long story short, I meet this sales rep a few weeks later on. And I said, I heard you were uh, out with, let's call him Mike. I heard you were out with Mike the other day. Call him. Yeah, I said, how did you get on? Oh, fantastic. And, and he went up. It reminded me, we're kind of coming full circle of the managers who think they're doing great, great coaching and the reps who think it's rubbish. But that's, I, I, I kind of illustrate in the sense of self-awareness. I think you're, you're seeing it in the management survey. It's certainly there in, in all of us to some extent. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's what coaching does best. It, 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 it heightens our sense of self-awareness. Yeah. What we do with that is some people will take it forward and, and turn it into something positive. Other people will look to blame somebody else and I guess they're not coachable in the long, in the long term. Um, I think we've covered a lot of the stuff, guys, I wanted to cover. I think it's been really, really fascinating insights. Um, 
Is, is there any, anything you feel that you'd like to, and just in terms of imagining that, you know, that we, we've got a lot of frontline managers, sales directors watching, listening in on these, and imagine that they're maybe sitting on the fence a little bit in terms of coaching. They've, they've, you know, they know what it is, big picture, but they really haven't invested or committed to it. What would you say to them? I would start off with that you're, you're, you're missing an opportunity to really elevate the performance of your team. If, if you don't have a disciplined program and focus on doing this, and you, you understand what it is, but you, at least you think you do, but you're really not disciplined to make it happen with a regular cadence, you're missing the opportunity to, to improve the performance of your team. That's the first thing that I would say. You know, then I would, I would you know, go back to, you know, effective coaching is discipline with a regular cadence, maximize your time, meaning identify the, the, the right people to spend most of the coaching time with. Um, and those are typically your B players that you're trying to elevate to the A, A game um, and then be prepared, both the coach and the coachee, right? Set the expectations, be prepared when you go into those coaching sessions um, and make sure that the, the, the rep is, is prepared as well. Love it. Is there anything you'd add to that, Mark? Maybe the first place to start is if you think about really good coaching you've experienced and, and really not so good coaching you've experienced and kind of how did that make you feel and where'd you go with that? And, you know, if you can tie your experience to a coach that changed your life, this, this becomes a, a noble, a noble thing to do. And, and, and I think that's always the goal here. What's the best way for people to get in contact with Ascent Cloud? Uh, io and you'll find all of us there and we'd we'd love to help but it doesn't cost anything to talk to us so if you're LinkedIn, interested in this topic you guys welcome linkedin connections i presume of yeah, course absolutely super i'll make sure i'll put your linkedin uh, in the description below i'll put your links to that as well please do mike mark it's been fascinating i've thoroughly enjoyed it thank you so much for being my guest today i i think the the message is clear that the and the evidence is in the jury's in coaching makes an impact and that putting structure on that and getting it right is a short-fired way to grow grow the performance of your company and impact the bottom line fair summary perfectly said well, Paul. Put. well put thanks for having us paul <laughs> pleasure's all mine thank you guys